Wales squad for the Six Nations this week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A bit different this year, of course, but still an exciting time of the year. We'll hear from Di Young and his return to Cardiff Blues, Dan Lydiot on his return to the Wales squad, and Blues prop Corey Domachowski on his international aspirations. But we'll start with Wales coach Wayne Pivak explaining the thinking behind the squad for this year's Six Nations, starting with that recall for back rower Dan Lydiot. Yeah, we think he's a form six in the competition, uh, has been uh, throughout the season. He brings a lot of experience. You know, we had a good look at some young players in the autumn series and uh, we know what they can do, what their work-ons are. Clear messages have been sent to those that have missed out. But in terms of Dan, he brings a wealth of experience, and I think he's back playing some of his best rugby. I think in the Six Nations, we're going to need a lot of that experience. And you mentioned some of those younger players, Shane Lewis-Hughes and James Botham haven't made it. Uh, how close were they? Yeah, obviously in our discussions, both players have been spoken to. In terms of James, if we look at him first, Josh McLeod was the original selection for the Six Nations last season. Unfortunately, got injured the day before against Glasgow. So we just feel that uh, he deserves an opportunity. Obviously, James did well when he came in. and He's got a big future in the game. We just think at the moment, Josh is probably just that little bit further ahead in his physicality. And uh, we're certainly going to need that in the Six Nations. Shane Lewis-Hughes, obviously, uh, it was a another interesting discussion. I've, I've talked about the experience that Dan brings and, and his form at the moment. Shane, uh, when we look at putting the squad together, it was probably a choice here between the experienced player in form and, and the young man. And uh, in terms of this particular competition and what we want to get out of it, we then looked at um, the other players that can play six and in multiple positions like Josh Navidi, uh, Aaron Wainwright. So uh, they bring more experience in other positions so in terms of the balance of the loose forwards, uh, that's why we've gone that way. You mentioned Dan was the form six, uh, Wayne. Did you have a look at Jamie Roberts at 12? Because he's been playing quite well in the centres. You've retained the centres that you've had for the autumn. Yeah, we did. And uh, when we say form, we look at uh, form at both levels of the game. And we looked at Dan's form, the level he's played at. We've looked at Jamie's form. I've spoken with Jamie. For a guy coming in, we'd like to see him at that age starting as opposed to being in around the squad where we can have a younger guy for development purposes. So it's a bit of a balancing act. Uh, Johnny Williams, we believe we've got a 12 there who played very, very well at the top level of the game against England and has a big future in the game. So Johnny uh, is our man at 12. We've got Owen Watkin there who can play 12 or 13. Nick Tompkins, 12 or 13. And Jonathan Davies, who's obviously well known as a 13, who we think in the future might be able to play 12 as well. Jared Evans is back at uh, 10, obviously, Rhys Patchell's injured. What has he brought? Jared's been brought in, yes. He was left out of the autumn series and he's been given parts of his game to work on, which is basically the kicking side of his game. So Neil Jenkins has been involved in that process and Stephen Jones. Uh, He's been working solidly behind the scenes with that and so we're interested to see how that's developing. So he comes in, we know about his running game and we know he's a gutsy defender. And in just terms of the second rows, your captain is obviously out at the moment injured. Will he be fit? And you've named Jake Ball, even though he's obviously leaving for Australia in the summer. Was that always going to be the case? Yeah, we're looking at, uh, again, form and the tournament itself, the importance of this particular tournament in terms of Jake Ball. Uh, He had good form prior to his injury. He's 100% over that injury. He's playing Friday night. Alan jones is in training with us at the moment um, and is flying. He's on track for the Island Games, so he's been named accordingly. Thoughts on the tournament, Wayne? It's a very different Six Nations uh, with no crowds. Uh, How are you approaching it and uh, how do you think it's going to pan out? It's disappointing because we had the first tournament pre-lockdown, which was... 
you know, from a fan's point of view, they can't get to support their teams. From our point of view, having a, a live audience there, it just adds to the occasion and it lifts the players tremendously. And for our boys, playing at home in front of a home crowd means so much to them. So it's disappointing not having them there, but it's it's the world we live in. We accept that and we have to uh, have to crack on. But look, it's it's a fantastic tournament. We didn't perform as well as we would have liked in the last tournament. We know now it's about results and we've selected a team that we believe will give us the best opportunity to uh, improve our performances week in and week out. And uh, obviously we're here to win the tournament. And I just want to have a chat about Rodri Jones, if I could as well. Guy who's been moved around a bit earlier in his career, perhaps setting his development back when he's trying to be converted to the other side of the scrum. What have you made of him? Um, Obviously, you've got a couple of injuries on the loose head, but what has he done perhaps to catch your eye? Yeah, so you're right. He was he was a loose head by trade early on in his career, and he had big wraps on him at the Scarlets. He he went across to the tight head, and probably stalled his career a little bit. Back to the loose head with the Ospreys. I've been in dialogue with Toby Booth, who uh, rates him as a probably one of his better destructive loose heads. Discipline wise at scrum, he's very good, and he's an experienced player that's played in this competition before. So, you know, there were other players. That it, in the discussion, Gareth Thomas, Corey Domachowski, but at the end of the day, we went with that little bit of experience uh, and the fact that uh, he's probably the most disciplined in that position. The new variant at the moment, I know in the autumn, players were allowed to leave on their days off. Is that still going to be the case? Are they still going to be able to go back to their family homes on a day off or will you keep them in camp for the entire period of the tournament? Yeah, it's going to be a balancing act between the two. So they, they will be in camp and expected to stay in for longer periods of time. But uh, from a mental health point of view and just to freshen up, they will have the odd outing back home. But there'll be an education process. Management are having that tomorrow, players tomorrow afternoon. And then there will be an education process with family members for when they do go home because, you know, this tournament is so important for the communities, not just ourselves, to give something for everybody to look forward to. So we've got to play our part, obviously, making sure that our squad is intact the best we can be under the current environment and make sure that um, the show does go on. Obviously, last year was your first Six Nations. Just seeing if there's anything you want to do differently going into your second one. Yeah, there are a lot of things differently. The first one is win more games, clearly. Um, But it's how we go about that. The learnings we've taken from not only the, um, the first Six Nations, but uh, also the learnings from the Autumn series. And there have been a few, uh, both in what we know about the players, about each other as, as management group, applying our trade at this level of the game, uh, and also our, our game itself, which um, didn't function as well as we would have liked in the last campaign. So, And I'm talking post-lockdown as opposed to pre-lockdown, where I thought we were heading in a reasonable direction. So um, no, plenty to do, plenty to improve on, and... Yeah, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes in terms of our planning, in terms of the way we're going to be playing the game in this competition. So we are making some tweaks. Does this Six Nations become more about getting confidence back, not necessarily looking too much to the future in that World Cup ahead? Yeah, we're definitely looking at the here and now and, and making sure that this group now, we focus on the learnings and make sure that we put them in place and we get better performances. In terms of the environment, in terms of the work that we've been doing, I think there's been no lack of work ethic. I think everybody's rolled their sleeves up and done a great job. It's a very compatible group. I think now it's just a matter of making sure we control everything that we can control. Uh, individuals take responsibility in terms of on the playing field and, and on the training field making sure that we get our best performances out there on the track over the 80 minutes. And we weren't able to do that in the last campaign. As I said, I think in parts of the Six Nations pre-lockdown, we were playing some good rugby. We've got to make sure that we're playing good, solid rugby over the 80 minutes, giving ourselves the best opportunity to win every game. Certainly something we'll be working very, very hard at, at achieving. 
But in saying that, where we have close calls to make, we've still got an eye, obviously, on 2023. We can't drop the ball in terms of our development going forward. Hi, Wayne. Um, the shadow of coronavirus is uh, looming large. How confident are you that the show's going to get on the road and finish? Well, I guess it's up to each group to do the best they can to make sure that that happens. In terms of our group, I think we had 700-odd tests throughout the autumn, all coming back negative. So we think we did a pretty good job in relation to COVID and making sure that uh, we gave ourselves every opportunity to front and have everybody available, not only in the playing group, but also the management group. So this time around, we'll be doing an extra layer of testing, I think twice a week now rather than once. Um, we'll be staying in our bubble a lot longer than we were previously, and we were in in the last bubble or in the autumn series, we were in longer than we were in the Six Nations pre-COVID situation. So we're doing everything we think we can to mitigate the risks involved. In terms of this year, are you hoping that all of the work that you put into sort of re, uh, rewiring attack and defence and, and set piece will start to bear a bit of fruit this year? It needs to, yes. And we've got learnings, as I said, from our game across the board, really, because there were, it was a funny old tournament, the Autumns, because defence was an issue early on. Then we sort of tightened up the defence. The attack wasn't functioning as a result of not having a solid piece to work off at times. Uh, we didn't have continuity in our game. We didn't build enough phases to really pressurise defences. So the game at different stages against different opposition had its moments positives and negatives and unfortunately in the first half of the campaign uh, they were more negative than positive I'd like to think that in the last three weeks we saw started to see some more of the positives some of the learnings coming to bear on the team obviously um, Georgia and Italy helped in that in terms of the no disrespect to them but the, the calibre of the opposition compared to say in Ireland and in England but I think we saw some steps taken forward by some young players and also in terms of how we wanted to play the game. But we definitely have to make bigger improvements in this competition to be successful. And as I say, we are tweaking some of the things we're doing in all of those areas. Adam Beard's back involved. How pleased are you with how he's responded to missing out on, on past squads? And, and is he very much a long-term option there for you? Well, Adam's a player that was part of a very successful team in the last 18 months, in particular with under Warren and... You know, there are certain things that he can do that no one else can do, given his size alone. But um, we really wanted to improve his all-round game. Um, we wanted him to go away and work on that. He's shown some improvements, but there's more to come, we believe. But on form, we believe that uh, he's shown more than Seb Davis uh, over the last six or seven weeks. So he gets a nod. Seb's uh, disappointed, but he knows that he's got a front every time he pulls on a Blues jersey and a Welsh jersey, and that's the way it should be. Ken Owens was a big miss during the autumn and the, the line-out probably wasn't as good as you would have liked it to. Happy, how happy are you to have him back and sort of what's his fitness level? Will he be in contention for the first game? Yeah, well, the great thing is that a bit like Alan Wynne, he's, he's a, obviously a very good healer because he's come back earlier than anticipated. He's playing this um, Friday uh, off the bench for the Scarlets. So we'll be at that game, obviously, um, Fingers crossed that we don't pick up any bumps, but certainly, look, he'll be a massive asset for us. Ken's, you know, 77-odd tests, British Lions, so, you know, you lose anybody with that experience and that ability, and it's going to hurt, but um, to have him back is is wonderful for us. And, look, he's been working hard behind the scenes. I've been down to training and, and seen Ken doing the extras after training down there at the Scarlets, and I think he'll come in in pretty good shape. All the boys will be tested uh, in week one, and uh, we'll know exactly where he's at. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. 
So, that's one bit of experience returning to the squad. Another, of course, is the recall for Dan Lydiot in the back row. Here he is talking about this season and how it's gone before the selection was announced. Yeah, a lot better than last year, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's been good. Obviously, it um, feels like, you know, from pre-season, it's been a fresh start. You know, we started off um, down St Helens and, and obviously with the new coaches coming in, bringing a new setup, and Brock coming in and obviously the, the good coaches we got here. Now I've been enjoying it and it's been nice to actually, uh, you know, we've worked hard and, you know, every team works hard in pre-season, but to actually uh, have that transfer from what we're doing in training onto the field and we're getting results. So, um, no, it's been, it's been good and I've had consistent game time as well, you know, it's helped my game as well. So, um, no, I think we're in a good place. Do you believe, Dan, that you're playing as well as you've ever played? I'm thinking the 2012 campaign when... You were Six Nations Player of the Year. Are you playing at that level now? If I uh, ask myself that, I think I'm, I'm better than the player I was then. That's all a long time ago and the, and the game changes a lot since then. Um, and you've got to develop as a player. But I'm not trying to compare myself to any other back row out there. I'm just trying to be the best version of me. No, I feel good at the minute. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying playing rugby, especially like, you know, with the boys and, and how we're playing now and, and we're winning games. When you're winning, you've got smiles on faces. It's a lot easier to come in and to work on a, a Monday morning after a, a win and, uh, you know, having a, a you know, sort of battering, uh, even if uh, um, your body's pretty sore, if you've got the wind behind your belt, it feels a bit, a bit less sore on, on the Monday morning rolling up to work. Do you still sort of harbour Will's ambitions? Yeah, I, I think for when you play in the game, you want to be the best, like I said, best version of yourself and you want to play at the highest level. If Wales, you know, come calling, I'm definitely, you know, up for that. I still want to be the best, number six, best version of me that there is for when I'm playing the game. That's always the way I've, I've been. So a lot of it's out of my control, but I just can concentrate on doing a good job for the Ospreys. And the biggest thing is enjoying what I'm doing and, and we're going good at the minute. There's a lot of competition for places within the squad. There's a lot of youngsters which had a chance last year through... You know, boys being away with the World Cup and, and injuries and the like. You know, there's been a big progression in them. So they're obviously pushing some of us, you know, players halfway through our career. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, there's a lot. We just train now and, and, and at the end of the session, Tips just said how much competition there is for places. And each session is not like a trial match, but you can see there's there's a bit of niggle and there's, you know, there's really, really pushing the boundaries of each other and that can only drive competition and drive the best for the Ospreys. We heard Wayne Pivak talking about how close Blues prop Corey Domachowski was to selection. Someone who impressed at under-20s level, then had a few injury dips and struggled to get experience, but now he's beginning to hit his straps in the front row. He talked about his own progress, but started with the arrival of former Wales and Lions prop Di Young as interim director of rugby at the Blues. It's massive for me, obviously, um, Di being a person he is and the thing he's done in the game is obviously um, a massive help for someone in my position, especially. Obviously, with a new man in, you obviously want to show him what you're capable of, start off with a good impression. So, yeah, his training's be good and boys are keen to impress. How has the season gone for you, Corey? How have you enjoyed it? I think the main focus for me this year was trying to stay injury-free, get a run of games, a bit of consistency, really. I've been lucky enough to um, obviously have the backing of the coaching staff. And yeah, I feel like my performances are getting better and better each game now. It's a difficult position to come through and develop prop, isn't it? You're still developing physically. How do you get that balance between playing when you're young, getting that experience, plus the 
you're still developing physically. How do you see that, you know, over the last couple of years and building up over the next couple of years? A big part is obviously getting that experience, working on uh, the physical attributes in the gym and obviously your technique in the scrum is massive. Obviously, technique is one of the biggest factors in the scrum. I make sure you get your process perfect every time. You learn along the road, I think. I've had a couple of times where I'd probably be under, under the pump, as you say, and backs against the wall in a few scrums. But I think you learn, learn on them and later on in your career. Like, I'm still only young. I'm still only 24, and I like to think i got got long, long years ahead. You learn in every session. Obviously, you've got, especially at the at the Blues, we've got some good tight heads. Young boys, you've got boys at the end of their career as well who've been and done it all. You gain that balance between experience and young boys coming through and one of the in their shot as well. So, you know, it's always competition in the front row. Obviously, the gym is a massive part of it because that physical uh, department is massive, especially uh, in the front row. 24, is that almost the start of a props career? That up to 24, you're, you're still developing, but maybe from 24, you're fairly close to the finished article? They do say, obviously, um, you seem to develop a bit later as a prop than you do as, obviously, halfbacks and back rows, etc. But, um, look, I'm eager. I'm, I'm one of them players who, the last few years I'm gone as, as I planned, from, obviously, age grade and 20s uh, up until now, I feel like it's probably been a bit of a time lapse in between and yeah, just trying to prove myself now and prove my qualities uh, every time I get the opportunity. So let's hear now from Di Young, someone who's enjoyed success before with the Blues and in England with Wasps. So how has he found things on returning to the Arms Park? Very different, but very much the same as well. There's lots of things um, not too different from when I left, but obviously a lot of new personnel, a lot of different people in charge and so on. Something that I didn't envisage probably 10 months ago, pretty much, but uh, you know, really enjoying. I've only been there a week so far, so I'm you know, just really enjoying being back. Obviously, meeting the guys that I know and obviously meeting um, some new players which I'm not familiar with and some new staff. They say never go back, Di, but how long did it take you to consider the offer and you know make that judgment? Probably a two days, really, to think about it, to be totally honest. As I said, it wasn't something that was... Um, was on my radar initially. Obviously, I was pretty confident that I'd go back to work in June. Um, so I thought the next couple of months would pretty much be me sort of looking at opportunities that'll probably arise a little bit later in the year. But when I had the phone call, obviously sat down and thought about it. And uh, as you rightly said, probably if it was two or three seasons, it probably wouldn't be the right thing. But you know, it's pretty much 10 years now. So it's, uh, although it feels like going back, it feels like it's a very different challenge and a very different place as well. Clear up, Di. I mean, it's obviously described as a short-term interim director of rugby before. Long-term, would you like to carry on the role past the summer? I think it's too early to obviously 100% confirm that. But both of us, obviously the club and myself, ventured into this agreement with an understanding that, you know, if they like a look at me and I like a look at them, there's something that we would certainly look to progress. So in an ideal world, yes, but, you know, only time will tell. I think both parties not going to rush into it too much. But, you know, I'm just enjoying, first and foremost, being back involved in rugby. plan was when I finished the wash to have a couple of months off and rest up a little bit because I pretty much needed that, really. I'll then try and get back into some networking, some CPD work, some look at other environments, pretty much just getting around the rugby world. But unfortunately, as we all know, you know, with the situation as it is, you, you couldn't do that. So I'm just really glad to get back involved, really. 
You're director of rugby, Di. You've obviously done head coach and director of rugby jobs. Where are you in terms of your career? Are you uh, hands-on? What do you see your role going forwards now? I think I'm experienced enough to adapt to whatever role pretty much that is put in front of me, to be quite honest with you. I think titles can be so misleading, to be honest. I think you can, you know, you can have or whatever title really that you want. But, you know, if you look at the directors of rugby, even in the, in the English Premiership, they pretty much all do a different job. You know, some are hands-on, some are not. But you know, certainly I see my strength on the field. So, you know, from my point of view, I want to be heavily involved in the coaching. You know, that's what I see myself moving forward. That, you know, whatever title comes out of that, as in head coach or... I think it doesn't really matter, really. But, you know, you've got to be involved in things like recruitment, i.e. what players you want. But, you know, your chief exec, certainly you, we've got a very experienced chief exec in Richard Holland who helped me out in that uh, department as well. So it's about working to your strengths. And I do think probably my strength is is really on the field and um, hands-on and getting, getting stuck right into it, really. And when you look at this Cardiff Blue squad now, what do you see? I see a lot of talent. You know, I think the challenges are up front. I think everybody recognises where the challenges are. And if you look at, you know, certainly um, front five, there's a lot of young players there. So there's a lot of scope for them to improve and develop. I think everyone recognises where the strength is at the minute. That, that's obviously behind the scrum. And you know, they've got a lot of game changers behind there. I suppose the challenge is really giving them the ball so they can, uh, can do their stuff, really. Is there room for recruitment? Is the money there? I don't think there's much money in in the world of rugby, to be honest. You know, let alone it's not individual to Cardiff, pretty much. But certainly, you know, my goal would be first and foremost is retention. You know, you don't want to lose any of the players you currently got. Development, so improve the players you got, and then if you have got hot spots, you know, around that, obviously look to recruit. So there is an appetite to recruit. First and foremost, recruitment and development, because you don't want to put players in the pathway of some young developing Welsh players as well. You mentioned 10 years. I mean, it's only been a, you know, a week and a bit. But what, if anything, have you noticed in terms of what's changed at Cardiff Blues and maybe what's changed at Welsh Rugby in that 10 years? Is there anything in particular that struck you? First and foremost, I'd have to say going into the camp, uh, I was pleasantly surprised how well-resourced they are off the field. They've got quality heads of department um, with sufficient numbers in the physio department and in the conditioning department to make sure that the preparation for the players is where it needs to be, pretty much. Uh, facilities has been difficult over this period, mainly because of obviously the pandemic has uh, took over the Arms Park, pretty much, but positive discussions on that, really. So, you know, we think that will be resolved sooner rather than later. But Probably the same same issues, really, as previously when I was here. And I think uh, big challenges are when you've got games in and around the international period, how many players you lose and, and so on. More Six Nations build up next week, of course, on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.